Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. Uh, I'm your host Scott Munro. This is episode 104. We are doing something different today. We are previewing the Aroma Napoli game, which kicks off Sunday evening, 5 p.m. UK time. Uh, with me today, I've got Imran. How are you, Imran? I'm good. Better than last time we recorded. Thank you. Yeah, we recorded two days ago. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Juventus won Roman nil. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm getting over the defeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The wounds are starting to heal a lot better. And um, we're also joined by a Napoli fan. We're also joined by Joseph Fischetti. And I hope I, I did ask him if I pronounced that right pre pod. And I'm not botching it. Joe, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. No worries, we're happy to have you on. Sam sorted this out for us. Um, Sam, I think he got in contact with you one day this week or maybe last week to talk to talk about Napoli, Roma over the weekend. Um, just want to say a thank you very much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure. Actually, I like uh, recording at this time just because uh, with my schedule it works really well and yeah, I could sneak it in with work from home, so... <laughs> Hopefully my uh, employer is not listening. Welcome to the work from home crew. I've been doing it since last Mar- uh, last May, and I actually love it. I'm really enjoying working from home. It's 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 a good work and uh, work life balance. Um, but before we go any further, Joe, just wanted to talk a little bit about yourself and um, how long you've been a Napoli fan, um, your thoughts for the season so far, and a little bit talk about your podcast that you do. Sure. I mean, I guess you could say I've been a Napoli fan my entire life because my father is from Avellino, which is a short drive to Napoli. But, you know, Avellino's never had a huge club. They were in Serie A for a few years, but for the most part, they're a, a lower division club. So most people there and, and like many other places surrounding Napoli cheer for Napoli as their team. But I didn't really become uh, a fan. I was I was always a casual fan growing up, and and when Napoli were relegated and playing in the lower divisions, it's hard to find that that content, or at least was hard to find that content, you know, 20 years ago. But once Napoli got promoted back to Serie A in 07, 08, that's when I my fandom really uh, started to grow and evolve, and it's grown ever since. And I started the podcast a couple of years ago, and it it went to another level. It's I call it an obsession now because that really is what it is. But that sound has a bit like of a negative uh, and you know connotation to it. But it I guess passion uh, is probably a better word. But yeah, it's been it's been fun. Obviously, this year is you know has started really well. We're perfect in Serie A, not doing as well in the Europa League, but. To be honest, I'm, I'm less concerned about the Europa League. I wouldn't be bothered if we got knocked out. But in Serie A, you know, under Luciano Spalletti, it's going really well. I'm, I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself either. I know, you know, a lot of people have a lot of opinions amongst the Napoli community. And, you know, it's, it's right to get excited. But as many people outside of Napoli's uh, online community have, community have pointed out, 
we have yet to really face uh, some, any tough opposition. We've we've beaten the teams that we're expected to beat. I mean, yes, we beat Juventus, but... I was waiting for that, were, uh, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's that's always great, no matter what yeah. the situation is. But we do have to recognize they were missing a lot of key players course, in that match. Yeah. We beat a Fiorentina team that started off the season really well. So, to me, that that performance was a bigger accomplishment given the circumstances than the win over Juve. So things are going well. We can only play the teams that we're scheduled to play against and you take it one game at a time. Yeah, I'm really surprised actually that Spalletti's done really well this season. Actually, to be honest, I'm not me and Imran were gushing over him. More Imran on our previous part. He said he, he loved Spalletti. I really enjoyed Spalletti in his second reign at Roma. I think he got us playing really, really good at exciting football. And if it wasn't for the Lyon game uh, in the Europa League, I felt that Roma would have won a, 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 a trophy that season. I don't know if you would, would agree with that, Imran. Yes, I uh, was looking really good that season, but unfortunately... Uh, yeah, we lost 4-2 and then messed up the game, yeah. messed up the whole situation there. I think I think we actually got beat by Napoli three days later when Dries Mertens did that celebration in the corner flag, if my memory serves me right. But yeah, that that's caused a season. Um, Sam, Sam actually sent me a question in our group, Joe, and I just wanted to... Uh, just wanted to... Uh, ask you this he goes what are the weak points of the leading napoli team in the last five league games only conceding one goal yeah i mean at at this point it's hard to identify weaknesses i mean even not just the last five games but we've only conceded three goals on the entire season Mm. one concern i have is that i fear we're becoming a bit too dependent on victor osman and that may not be an issue for the Roma match because he he'll be playing, barring you know an injury before then. But it seems like if you look at the match over the weekend, we which was against Torino, we needed a late winner from Osman, and our game plan seemed to be to just go long to Victor. Mm. And I mean, it's not a bad game plan when you have someone with the pace that he has, and also the the touch that he has because he's he's very good at controlling the ball while he's running uh, full sprint. But I'd, I'd like to see some production from other players just because we can't expect Victor to you know be the best player every single match. He's going to have matches where he's not having his best game. He's going to have matches where the opponent finds a way to stop him. I was very surprised that Torino played so open, especially being coached by Ivan Juric that really plays into our strengths with Victor up top. When teams sit back and and really congest their half of the pitch, that's what makes it more difficult because Victor strives in space. And Mm. and that's where we need other players, whether it's Zielinski, Fabian, Insigne, Politano, Lozano, one of these guys to step up and contribute. We've also been getting contributions, productivity from our center backs, which um, I was speaking to a friend of mine, recently about actually was on on my podcast and not to get too ahead of myself but one thing that this napoli team so far this season has been similar to the scudetto winning inter from last season is 
getting productivity from the center backs. You know, Inter were getting goals from the Rye and Screenyard last season. This season, Koulibaly has two goals, Rachmani has two goals, and we're seeing Koulibaly especially get forward a lot more than we have in the past. So in terms of weaknesses, it's hard to identify. I would say historically left back was the issue, but credit to Mario Rui. He's actually been playing really well this season. He has. He's been um, probably one of the better players probably in the last probably 18 months, if you would agree with me. I think he's really really assured that left-back spot his own. Um, I don't think he had the best of time at Roma. If um, I think he had a, an injury. And, and then he did he have a spat with Antonio Rudiger? Is that right, Imran? Well, he did have a mini spat on the training ground and then made up, like, minutes later. Yeah, because uh, I think uh, Rudiger posted a picture on Instagram of the yes, two yeah. of them driving home together. Yeah, <laughs> but I think he was unfortunate with it. He he ruptured his, his uh, ACL as well, yeah. and that was that was which yeah, messed up a bit for him. And we had uh, I think we had Holabas that season, who uh, yeah he came before, but. Uh, but we were actually well covered. Uh, yeah. Bus, he did a good job. All right, Imran, I will stay with you. I've got two questions. I did send out a tweet earlier. Um, Sam answered one. I just wanted to get your thoughts of it. This is from um, Teo, a.k.a. Grazie Totti 91 a.k.a. Florenzi's Hair. Um, simple question. He's actually a fellow Canadian from Toronto. He told me to set it the right way after I botched it up not so long ago. Um, simple question: What's missing right now, or do we not? Or what do we want to see from this team between now and January? Also, are they currently in line with your expectations from August, above or below? Uh, is it for Roma? Is yeah, Roma. For... Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, um, uh, expectation-wise, I would have, I wouldn't have expected three defeats, uh, to be honest, in eight games. But uh, if we, I think this season and the game so far have given us some perspective and reality check because we were flying a bit high when we got rid of a lot of the unwanted players and we thought we had a good Mercato. I think it is getting obvious now that Mourinho. Mourinho's style of play and his football requires more mature players, experienced players, and we are lacking them in important parts of uh, uh, the team. And this is why the same players have been kind of playing all the time. Uh, so, but still, uh, I would say that uh, um, there are a lot of positives to take uh, from what has happened. I'm happy with his appointment, perhaps. Uh, Expected a bit better. We didn't expect to lose a derby. Uh, so going into the winter, I think we will, we will get better, and perhaps with a signing or two, mm. uh, we can. Uh, but I, I think I have to adjust my expectations. I think yeah, I was expecting us to be more rock solid defensively and in the type, but uh, top four, I would be happy. Yeah, we we talked preview show where you said top four i said fifth and i i was on roma press pod with john and i think i scared the 
shit out of him when I said fifth because he said fourth. <laughs> I'd be happy with top four if we can squeeze into the top four. I'd be happy with that. Um, yeah, we, we talked. But also, if you look at if you look at other teams, I mean, oh, look God. At Napoli, Napoli, yeah, yeah. You, know, you look at you look at Milan, you look at Inter, um, you look at especially Napoli and Milan. They are you know doing, I mean, very good, uh, mm. far way better than I would have expected them to do. Uh, so that puts us in <laughs> a difficult position. I mean, I mean, they, it makes it tougher for us to reach top four because I think these two teams, the way they're playing, uh, they are not likely to, you know, they're not likely to flop that. Uh, so they, they are secure the top four. Inter, uh, still, they still look better than us and they have a better squad, better bench, like Marine likes to say. And then you have Juventus coming up. So it will be really tough. It will be really difficult. Yeah, you've got an Atalanta team also who likes to... They don't start the season well, but they always kick on. Always, yeah. Yeah, in November, December time, and then they go all the way to April, May, and they will finish second. They always do. (laughs) Last two, three seasons, they've absolutely just not started well and then just gone all the way through. Um, Final question, and, and then we'll... We'll, we'll speak more about Roma Napoli. Um, Chris Pucci asks, why is JM not making use of substitutions? Is it to prove a point or does he really have no fee- no faith in the bench? Um, I think we spoke about it in the last yeah. pod. Uh, we mentioned it uh, because the players that we have on the bench, I don't think they're good enough. Well, he could have used Mayoral more, Carlos Perez more. Then he has Diawara and uh, Villar as well. Uh, so he has some issue with uh, Diawara and Villar. I think it's linked with their style of play. It doesn't fit his style of play. While we have a lot of inexperienced players in Kumbula, Reynolds and Calafiori, mm-hmm. people would have liked uh, to have seen them play more. But I think I don't think they're good enough. So so it's it is a problem with the squad. It's not. Good and it's not well constructed to be honest. It needs more, more it needs more time. So even the Mercato in the winter, which will be coming up, will be important. I think if we can add a right back and a defensive midfielder, a destroyer, then we'll be in a better position going into the summer Mercato because then we can adjust it further. So this team and this squad, it needs uh, it needs more time. Uh, and we were like we discussed previously as well. We were not in the best position to strengthen this squad, uh, considering all the challenges we had with high wa- players on high wages. So it was, at the same time, it was a priority to get rid of them, which we did quite well. Uh, so I think we need to give it time. Uh, uh, the squad is not good enough. Mourinho is trying his best. He you, he can give Calafiori and Brian Reynolds a chance, and people will be like, yeah, you know. He's uh, he's using his the squad he has at his disposal, disposal, but at the same time you're risking a lot because they're not good enough quality wise. Mm. Um, so I'm not holding anything against him. I understand him. Yeah, we we talked to this uh, extensively on Monday with Jody also. Um, so yeah, um, so guys, Sunday, the derby of the sun, Roman Affley. Uh. Joe, Joe, I'll come to you first. I'll come to you, Imran. This run of form, is it that you... Because it's, what, 8 out of 8? It is 8 out of 8, sorry. Um, 
in the back of your mind are you thinking it's got to end somehow or we can how we still keep doing this because yeah of course i mean yeah. no one's expecting us to have a perfect season right that would be crazy That'd be i think fluky um, as yeah, well I mean, yeah, I mean, sometimes even when you're playing well, things don't go your way and you're mm. going to drop points along the way. I think the most surprising thing for Napoli fans so far this year is the mental resolve that the team has shown. And most people attribute that to Luciano Spalletti because historically we've not been mentally very strong. And we've had a handful of games already this season that you could you would probably say in previous years we wouldn't have won. I mean, the first match of the season, we had Osman gets a red card, then Zielinski gets hurt, mm. and Senia misses the penalty, but we managed to win that game. We fell behind against Juventus, coached by Max Allegri, who likes to shut up shop after Juve take a lead. We managed to win that game. We played a tough match against Fiorentina where they scored first. We came back and, and won that game. And then just over the weekend again, you know, things seemed to be going against us. We had uh, Insigne miss a penalty. We had a goal disallowed correctly for uh, offside by the VAR. We had Lozano hit the upright, yet we still managed to pull out the win. So the biggest surprise so far has been the mental resolve this team has shown. But as I mentioned, we have yet to face really any of the top teams in the league other than Juve. So, I mean, and Fiorentina, but of those top seven, you know, we still haven't played Roma, obviously, who we play this weekend, Inter, Milan, Atalanta, Lazio. So I'm sure at some point we're going to draw points. Um, and, you know, the one question or the one reason why a lot of people are not maybe willing to to call Napoli the favorites just yet is because we're also going to have a stretch in January where we're going to be missing three of our most important players yes. because of the Africa African Cup Nations. Yes, I saw. Um, so it's Adam Unis, um, Kaladu Koulibaly, and Victor Osman, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah, and also uh, Frank Zamboangisa, who's yes. been a, yeah. a key player for us in the midfield. Yeah, so that's four, four key players. Um, Imran, have you been really impressed with Napoli's start to the season? Yeah, very impressed. You, I've always been a big fan of Spalletti. I knew he was. I knew Napoli would be a completely different side mm. under him, and I didn't want uh, them to appoint him because, yeah, I knew <laughs> it would mean trouble for us. But I'm curious to to know what Joel thought about the appointment and what his expectations were going into this season, especially considering, yeah. The, the last two seasons, which were obviously tough on Napoli. Yeah, I mean, there were. I had mixed feelings about it, as did a lot of Napoli fans. I think we had, at the time, there was a lot of love for Gennaro Gattuso for what he accomplished in his season and a half. You know, he came in when the club was at one of its lowest points with the whole mutiny situation. Ancelotti, who seemed like a fantastic hire for a coach turned out to be an absolute disaster. And Gattuso was the guy that came in, cleaned up the mess and won a trophy, won the Coppa Italia at the same time. Then I felt like he was very unlucky last season because of all the injuries that we had. 
And once we got healthy again, if you look at our record in the second half of last season, it was almost perfect. So, you know, and then to to miss out on qualification for the Champions League on the final day to Hellas Verona, who's not a team that Napoli fans uh, like too much. They're not that far off from Juventus in terms of uh, how we feel about them. You know, that hurt, but... I think the relationship with Gattuso had been damaged beyond repair earlier in the season. There was also speculation that De Laurentiis and and Spalletti had been talking for a while and they just couldn't get their their timing right and and this was finally the opportunity to do that. So there was there was some mixed feelings because it, it was unfortunate to see Gattuso leave like that after everything he had done for the club. The players really, really liked him, and there were also rumors that they were going to fight to keep him. But on the other hand, you look at Spalletti's track record, and while he may not have won the Scudetto, he he definitely gets you into the top four. And after having two turbulent seasons, top four was really the primary objective. So from that standpoint, I was happy to, to hire an experienced coach. I mean, Gattuso's biggest flaw was that he, while he gets the most out of his players, he knows how to motivate his players, he's not the greatest tactician. And I would say not the greatest tactician yet because he's still a very young coach and there's plenty of time for him to grow and learn. But we knew that Spalletti would be a tactician and we're seeing that and how he's using players and, and the substitutions that he's making. So, and then of course, after the start to the season that we've had now, everyone's quite happy with Spalletti. But again, you know, the real test right now, he says all the right things in the media and he's he's really pumping Napoli fans up with, with a lot of the talk he uses. He put, you know, we have a, a song that, that the fans sing, Saro Conte, which he got it printed on, on the training pennies, things like that, that are, are really yeah. winning points with the fan base. But I really want to see how he handles the media when we go through a rough stretch and and the media kind of turns on him. Yeah, that's that's interesting because uh, my issue over the years with him, he he was by far the you know the most charismatic coach Roma had in recent years, and when he was appointed in two thousand five, Roma were coming up from one of the worst seasons in recent history. And he, he, the energy he brought, uh, his personality, and his relationship with everyone at Trigoria. Because I remember when he resigned in 2009, there were there were people working at Trigoria who were really sad to let him go. You know, they were they were basically outside Trigoria hugging him, and they didn't want to uh, let go of him. So he has a he, he his personality, and as a person, he has a huge impact on. Uh, on a personal level, people, I think that's what makes him uh, a great coach as well. But tactically, all the, many of the players who have played in bigger clubs, I remember we had uh, Ludovic Julie who came from Barcelona and he was at Roma just one season, 2007-2008. And he said uh, Spalletti is the, tactically the best coach he has worked in because everything is, um, everything is discussed down to the details. He's well prepared. And offensively, he he's really good. So I'm not surprised to see Osimhen uh, explode like that because Jacob scored 29 mm. Serie A goals in the season he was with us. 
Francesco Totti scored 26 league goals in 2006-2007. So he's a very good coach. But the only the only issue I have with him that he sometimes, and that could also be partly down to Roma at that time or the time the two periods he co- uh, was the coach of Roma wasn't presented with a very good squad or good enough. But he had often attended, Roma often had a tendency to not be able to close down games. I mean. We had a one goal lead or two goals lead, but we threw them away and we were, there were games where we were, uh, we, the opposition had a player sent off and, uh, we still didn't manage to beat them. I remember it, it, there was the Empoli game when Giovinco played there. Uh, it was uh, stuff like that, but overall I think, uh, I think it would be really, really, uh, Exciting time for Napoli fans. Uh, I, I would have preferred. Uh, I would have given him a third chance at Roma. I would have really <laughs> liked to see him go <laughs> because you know his results they speak for themselves. And the second period, his results were really, really good. Spalletti 3.0. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. I I did go to a couple of games in the second reign, and oh my goodness, what he used uh, to get out of Mo Salah and Edin Dzeko in the uh, 2016-17 season. I think I went to three games that year, and um, uh, flying over from Rome, it's just out, um, unbelievable. I wanted to ask Joe this because um, you you brought it up. Um, he has a he has a fantastic track record of strikers of what he can do. And you said Totti, you said Jerko. Um what he did with Mario Cardi, um when he was at Intercoach in those two seasons was fantastic. I think his first season, I think it was with twenty was it twenty eighteen nineteen? No, twenty seven twenty twenty seventeen eighteen and then twenty eighteen yeah. nineteen. He was fantastic. But to, I wanted to ask Joe this. Um Victor Osserman, he didn't have the best of seasons last season. He ended the season well under Cattuso. Did you expect him to hit the ground running this season? And I think quite a few of us on social media, including myself, tipped him to be top goal scorer. Um, did you expect him to be firing on all cylinders this early in the season? To be honest, uh, you know, I think we did because when he did play last season, he was just as dynamic, even under under Gattuso. It's he had a rough season because of injuries. He had COVID. Mm-hmm. There were you know various situations. So the reason he didn't accumulate goals and assists last season wasn't because he wasn't playing well. It was because he wasn't playing at all. And then when you add in what you guys just mentioned with Spalletti and how his number nines strive under him it seemed to to completely add up. I don't know that we were going to expect him to have to be producing at this rate. I think he's up to um, seven or eight goals in all competitions now. And, you know, maybe even, and he's also won a couple of penalties, which he doesn't take and senior takes them. So I don't know if we were expecting him to be that productive, but it's not shocking either with the qualities that he has. And, like I mentioned earlier, even though I'm a little bit concerned that we're becoming a bit too dependent on him, Spalletti really is setting him up for success because mm. he's taking advantage of that pace. And what you're seeing a lot of from Napoli is when we dribble out of the back or pass out of the back, our midfielders or our wingers will immediately play the long ball to Osman without even looking sometimes, just because they know he's up there and we'll take him one-on-one with anyone in the league. And so far it's working. But I think uh, I think 
it might it, it may look like that right now. Um, he's scoring a lot of goals, but uh, remember, you know, the season before the six months before Jacko really exploded. We were playing virtually without a striker. Mm. We were playing with uh, Salah, El Sharawi, and Perotti, and we were scoring a lot of goals. And he is known for that four-six-zero formation, when, which he had to improvise because all his strikers were injured. So I think. Uh, I mean, I hope for Napoli's sake that uh, Osemen will stay injury-free and, and will also get the chance to rest games. I don't know, Petania is probably not good enough, but even even if he doesn't play or gets injured, I think he will be able to improvise something good, which in which they will be offensively very good, because you will start noticing the attacking movements, um, and the way the wingers will start becoming more dangerous in front of goal. I remember we had Amantino Mancini in the first period, who was yeah a forward winger, wing forward, was really 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 good at scoring goals under Spalletti. So and Mo Salah is another. Uh, El Sharabi was really good. So yeah, I and think, we um we have another player that fits that mold as well, which is Dries Mertens. Mm, right? I was going to mention him, yeah. Insigne yeah. as well. Insigne, yeah. Mertens, Insigne, both of them, I think they will, I think they will do well. I wouldn't be too, I personally wouldn't be too concerned of that, uh, uh, depending too much on him. But of course, when you have a physical player like him and you can, you can use him in many different ways, uh, it's quite obvious that the team, that the team tries to use him in every way. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't be too worried. But let's see. Yeah, and I think one thing that you guys will know about Spalletti is he's he obsesses about tactics in the team. And it would be naive of me to, to think that he didn't already have some backup plans for when Osman is not playing. I mean, the rumor yeah. is that, that Osman will not play on Thursday in the Europa League. So that might be a, an early... Uh, opportunity to dis- to see what the team is capable of when Osman's not in the squad, and then I mentioned January where we're not going to have Osman for a month. So I definitely yeah. expect Spalletti to to have alternatives, and I'm very curious to see how he does that. I mean, we also have, as you mentioned, in, in addition to Insigne, there's also Chucky Lozano, who's another dynamic player that can play yeah. in multiple positions. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask you, Joe, about another player who I actually think is a, a wonderful talent. Um, he had a really good loan spell at Crotone last season. That was Adam, Adam Unas. We mentioned him earlier. Um, Spalletti said he wanted him to stay at the club after. Didn't, didn't, uh, Napoli reject a, another loan deal for this season in the, in the August transfer window? Um, do you expect him to be, a good backup player to the guys in the forward areas going forward. I do. To be honest, I wouldn't have had a problem with with selling Unas earlier in the season, only because we're overloaded on the wing, particularly yeah. on the right wing. It's got Palatano with, also, haven't you? Right. Yeah. Palatano and Lozano doesn't yeah. leave a whole lot of room for another right winger. But at the same time, Lozano can also play on the left. So what mm. we sometimes see happening is if, let's say, Lozano starts on the right wing, Spalletti will, he might take Insigne off, move Lozano to the left wing, and then bring on Politano or Unas, whoever. Unas had a really impressive summer uh, training camp, and I think that's why the club decided to keep him. 
we also saw that he can play even potentially in the number 10 if we need another option there. When we played against Juventus, Zielinski, I, I can't remember if Zielinski was back or if he was still injured. I think he was still injured because we started Almas in the 10, and it didn't really work that well. And then we brought Unas off the bench, and he played really, really well. He kind of changed, completely changed that game. So it's great to have a player like that. Unfortunately, he's injured at the moment, so uh, we'll, we'll have okay. to wait for him to recover. But it, it certainly doesn't hurt. One of the, the strengths of this team is our depth. Yeah, I I think I watched the game against Genoa earlier in the season. This one of the Sunday games, I think it was round two, and he came on and I was like, whoa, he's completely changed on what, what I saw him a couple of seasons ago at Napoli because last season he had a really good loan end of loan spell at Crotone, and I think he he's got what defenders hate in Italy and especially in England as well. He's got pace. And if you've got a tricky winger yeah. running at you, oh my goodness, he, he's going to scare the living crap out of you. And he, he don't know which way he's going, and he's, he's going to cause a lot of play, a lot of defenders' problems. But I'm really looking for. Hopefully, as as Joe said, he's injured, but in this for this upcoming weekend's game. But after the international break, I imagine he's going to be a really good asset for Napoli going forward. Yeah, I think that loan at Crotone did him really well. It gave him first-team experience, right? Because prior to that, he was always a guy coming off the bench. And for some players, that's not enough. You need them to play. And now he's come back a lot more confident than he was before. And you see he's he's willing to run with the ball at his feet and take on defenders. And that's causing a lot of problems when he's on the field. So, again, it's it's a great weapon to have off the bench when, just like I say this often with Lozano, I... I prefer Lozano to be a substitute than the starter and it's not that I think he's particularly worse than Politano but I feel like coming off the bench to match those guys up against the tired legs of the opposition defenders they create a lot of problems yeah totally agree so guys we got the game on Sunday um Imran we only talked about it briefly on Monday with Jody I just wanted to ask you a little bit a bit more um it's been two days um so what's your thoughts on on Sunday's game I don't I'm not going to ask a prediction because I don't want this to, to, to go back on our face we both said a draw all three of us said a draw um I just wanted to have any more further thoughts from when we talked on Monday about su- Sunday's game uh, I think if we if we build on what we did against uh, Juventus against Juventus, I think defensively we can do well, and that will be a key. Um, so if we do that, I think we will be we'll be in a good position. I'm, I I wouldn't say I'm confident like we said last time. I'm not confident because <laughs> they are they are flying really really high and. Uh, it will be a very difficult ma- match. I think it will be a tight match. Mm. Uh, 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 but I think it could go either way. I mean, we could lose, it could be a draw, and we could win as well. I think small details will decide the game, but uh, I hope that we will be. I hope that we'll be in a good position to uh, to study Napoli and yeah, find some weaknesses that we can punish. Um, hopefully, what I think will be most important will be you know, not to concede uh, early. Of if course, If we can yeah. keep it tight there, if we can keep it tight there, then I think we can 
keep um, you know build the momentum which can we can use later in the game. So yeah, it's difficult to it's a really difficult game to predict. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Gianluca Mancini Victor Ottoman battle. That could be really hands on. But Mancini's probably one of the, uh, a very physical defender who likes to use his arms quite a lot against a very pacey attacker who's very dangerous. That could be quite interesting. Joe, I just wanted to ask what your thoughts about are on Sunday's game. Um, are you confident going into the game? Could you are you confident that you can keep the the Undertaker streak at WrestleMania going ahead? And uh, <laughs> oh, Roma, could Roma be the Brock Lesnar and end the streak? Yeah, I think it it could happen. It's hard to not be confident with the run that we're on. There are a couple of matchups that I do like. You mentioned that Osman Mancini mm. one. That's an interesting one because Mancini is one of those defenders that knows how to get under an attacker's skin. And what we've seen in the past is that Osman can be rattled. And so if if Mancini can do that, if he can do the things that you see, you know, the dark arts that we talk about that Kellini has mastered, for example, little... Been doing it for 18 years. Tugs on the shirt shirt or stepping on on someone's toe or little things that are intentional but don't get called. I think he can get under Osman's skin, and that's probably the best way to stop him. 1v1, I take Osman every day of the week. Um, I'm very curious to see as well who play midweek because I think that'll give us a very good indication of who's going to start at the weekend. And I have a funny feeling that even though Politano played against Torino, that he's still going to play on Thursday and that Lozano will start against Roma. And part of the reason I think that is one, I think Spalletti will use the opportunity. I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but Lozano came off the bench he played half an hour and then Spalletti took him back off for tactical reasons to defend the one goal lead and Lozano walked straight to the locker room so there was a bit of a story around that supposedly they've they've sorted it out Spalletti in his defense never made it a story he just always said to the media you know I understand why he felt that way but you know we had to do this to win the match so I think he might sit Lozano for this match to one show the team that look, you can't do those things and there will be consequences for doing that. But at the same time, I think another big reason why Lozano might start is because, and I'm curious to know what you guys think, but from what I've seen of Roma this year, I haven't been terribly impressed with Matias Vigna. And I think Lozano matched up against Vigna could work really well in, in our favor, again, with the pace that Lozano has. So that's another matchup that I'll be keeping an eye on. And then, I think the big question and probably what worries me the most is the battle in the midfield, just because I know um, Bertu missed the penalty, but so did Insigne. I mean, that happens. But the way Pellegrini is playing, the way Bertu is playing, I really like Roma's midfield. Now, we have some some good midfielders of our own in Fabian and, and Nguisa, especially this season. But I think that could be a key to, to who ends up winning this match is who wins the midfield. Yeah, um, on, on Matthias Vigna, I think he had his best game on Sunday against Juan Cuadrado. Um, he had a really strong preseason. He only played a couple of games, and I was really impressed with him. Um, I'll ask him around in a sec about on Vigna. Um, but yeah, um, he looked leggy in a couple of games. I think after the international break in September, 
Um, I think they played, Uruguay played on the Friday night, Friday morning, and then I think he played left back and won the games straight after, and he looked very leggy. I think it was the Sassuolo game. Um, but yeah, um, I think he's just coming into his own. Um, Imran, I'll, I'll ask what your thoughts on, as Joe said, about um, Mateus Vigna. Uh, he has a really good point because I think uh, Vina has improved, but defensively he's still not up there yet. Mm. I think he will be a, his toughest his toughest challenge so far this season facing uh, yeah Martins, Isini, whoever I think they were, but, uh, but or Lozano. But the wingers, uh, I think we will have, we will struggle on both sides both sides because Karstorp is not that good defensively as well. So I'm I'm really Curious to see how we will cope with, uh, especially under Mourinho, uh, an attacking team of this caliber, because this is the best team we will uh, face so far. We were we were able to neutralize the, the threat from Juventus, but they were playing in a very rigid four four two. Yeah. So uh, it was easier to defend against for the for the side backs, but it will be. Much more difficult uh, against Napoli with the four-two-three-one. Uh, so it would be really interesting, Matias Vigna, but also for Karstorp, who's not that good defensively either. Agreed. I think Karstorp's pace does get him out of problems. I think that's his, his one of his best strengths when uh, defending. Going forward, he's fantastic. Yeah, I do feel. But they both struggle. Yeah, sorry, they both yeah. struggle with positioning. I mean, defensively. Uh, and that could be a that could be a problem. I think if if Jose yeah, ever one thing though with um, with that side for us though is pace is probably a big advantage because we have Vincenia on that side yeah. who doesn't have much pace and he's rather predictable, right? Like you know that when Vincenia gets the ball on that wing, he's going to cut in to his right, so that that might be a little bit easier to defend than on the opposite side. It's going, to, it's going to be very interesting to watch on, on Sunday. Guys, I think we've talked for about 45 minutes <laughs> about a game which kicks off in a couple of days. And, and just to remember, both teams play in Europe on uh, on Thursday. And I will expect, as me and Imran and Joe have said, that both teams will be playing with rotated squads as Napoli play Legio Warsaw and Roma travelled to Norway to play Bodo Glimt. Um, Joe, thank you very much for joining us. I just wanted to um, ask if you wanted to plug your socials about yourself and your, the Napoli podcast that you do. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, first of all. Um, yeah, you can find all of my work on uh, my social media accounts. I'm on Twitter mostly at Joe underscore Fischetti 5 and then you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forza Napoli Pod. Fantastic. Imran, thank you very much for joining uh, the second pod in a, in a couple of days. Hopefully, when we talk next week, it's actually some good football, uh, good news and some good results for Roma on the pitch. Um, just uh, It's been a fun fun Wednesday uh, uh, evening talking to you guys. Uh, you can follow the Lamagicast at lamagicast.com. Uh, all our previous episodes are on on our on our website, and they're also you can find us on all podcast platforms. So your Spotify, your Stitcher, your SoundClouds, and your Apple Podcasts. Guys, thank you for joining me on this Wednesday uh, evening. Uh, it's probably Wednesday afternoon for you, Joe, in in, in Canada. 
And uh, I will say this, for Saroma and Chow. Ciao.